welcome, welcome, welcome to Chutzpah. I am so happy to be here. Today is my first Chutzpah interview via Zoom, and my guest and I's images are traveling through space and time on some wavelength that operates beyond my comprehension to appear together as pixelated versions of ourselves. Are cells kind of like pixels? The digital, the corporeal, what I really want to know, and maybe Brian, you know this, where was Skype when we couldn't all leave our houses and still had to interact? No one's ever explained that to me, but maybe we can get to that. Anywho, I hope that you're happy wherever you are, but if you're not, don't look now. But I just installed a new light switch in your home that, if flipped, will immediately shrink you down to the size of a bee and give you wings so that you can finally experience flight. Buzz out to the world and crawl over a flower if you want to. Just don't get too close to people. Sometimes they just don't get it. Oh, and don't worry, the switch is very sensitive, so you can just bump your little bee body on it when you're ready to return to human size. Go be somebody. Ah, that's funny. All right, enough of that silliness. Put those markers down, folks. My guest is originally from Lafayette, Indiana, and currently lives in Chicago. He is a husband and a father of two wonderful daughters who inspired him to create an amazing nonprofit called Fathering Together, an organization designed to empower fathers to be agents for social change. Before becoming the co-founder and executive director of Fathering Together, he worked as a social worker, community organizer, university chaplain, and as an interfaith leadership development consultant, which is how I met him. So please welcome the dad of the group that we all love, Brian Anderson. Yay, Brian. Hey, thank you for having me. Really excited to reconnect and be a part of this podcast. Yeah, so glad that you're here, and I'm so glad that Zoom is a thing so yeah, that we can do this. Well, let's dive right in. Uh, Our first question, as always, is what gives you confidence? And uh, can you talk about how you maintain that on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. You know, I was someone who did not have confidence growing up. I was a pretty insecure, quiet kid. I mean, I feel like we all are in our teenage years. It's just part of growing up. Uh, But recently, as an adult, I think a few things have given me confidence. One is having some children that look up to me and see me as the coolest person, even with all of my bad dad jokes. And they give me confidence to know, like, hey, if I can raise them right, there's not much else I can do wrong. But in the work that I do in coaching dads and building community amongst dads around the world, I think in the beginning, we had no clue it was going to work. My friend Chris and I just said, hey, let's start a Facebook group to connect with dads and share this journey together. But as the group kept growing, as we kept getting dads finding us and saying, hey, I really appreciate the space you've created. The, the kind of the, the evil angel on my shoulder, the imposter syndrome person kept getting smaller and smaller. And, and the confidence angel, confidence person, whatever you want to call it, kept getting bigger and saying, you, you are going to do this. This is something that is in your skill set. You're in your zone. Stop doubting yourself. And obviously we have setbacks every day. There's obstacles that keep coming. But the fact that people turn to me, the fact that when I talk with folks, they're like, oh, I've heard of you and this group you run. I'm just like, cool. 
I'm popular and I didn't even know it and I still don't really believe it, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep faking it till I make it. And that kind of, uh, mindset just keeps building me up and giving me the confidence to, to step into a room and say, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm here to help you. Let's tackle this fatherhood thing together. That sounds awesome. I can totally relate to like, just starting this whole podcast was like, I don't, I didn't even study media. I don't know what any of this is, but uh, here I go. And like real people are engaging with it. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that well, a weird moment? Technology is so, u- I mean, not all technology, but most technology is so user-friendly. Mm-hmm. I never considered myself a graphic designer. I still don't technically by, you know, professional standards, but Canva and all mm-hmm. sorts of other tools just make things so much easier to use. And I think that just gives so many more people the confidence to try and say, you know yeah. what, this is a hobby, but I'm going to try and make it a thing. Or I have this side hustle, maybe it's going to be my main hustle. And I think that's the thing with fatherhood that I instill in dads all the time. It's to say, we don't, none of us really know what we're doing. <laughs> it's up to us to work with our kids, co-create that manual for change and development. Read all the books you need to. But if you're not interacting daily with your child to figure out what works for them and how they best communicate with you, there's not there's not a book that's going to save you. You really have to just lean into it. And you're going to fail. But if you do it right, your kids are going to love you anyway. Right? And they know we're not perfect. And when we try to act perfect with our kids, they see right through it. And so just be authentic. Be real. Treat them like the little adults that they are. <laughs> well, not little adults, little people that they are, sure. right? And and you'll get through it. And when you hit those bigger stumbling blocks, come find me. Come find other dads and lean into that space and say, "Hey, what are we gonna do next? I don't know what I don't know what the heck my three year old or my five year old or teenage years are looming. What what's, <laughs> what's in store for me?" So speaking of the side hustle becoming the main hustle and just how to do everything that you just said, do you want to talk about a time when uh, you had some chutzpah and I think those things probably connect for you? Yeah, they do. So as you mentioned, we, we've known each other for gosh, five years almost now. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my previous work where I, I worked with you, you are the founder at IFYC constantly was telling us, I want my staff to go off and do great things. I want you to learn skills. I want you to put in your best effort here and then take that to the next level wherever your journey takes you. And while all this time, I had this side hustle of a Facebook group connecting with dads and it just kept growing and kept growing. And, you know, it's on Facebook, so it's pretty public and people kept saying, hey, I noticed your group keeps growing. How's that going? And I was just like, oh, you know, it's still just a thing. And I kept downplaying it because I, I loved my job. I loved doing what I did. And I wasn't necessarily looking for a new thing. But as I kept growing, as, again, my confidence built, as people were coming and turning to me as an expert, something shifted, right? And, and my mindset shifted. And I was like, I can do this. This can be my main thing. I can lean into this and be successful. And once that shift in my mindset happened, the way I spoke with folks, the way we were getting donations. If I went to a funder and said, hey, this is what we want to build. We could use your support. My my conversation started shifting and the responses started coming back with, sure, how much do you want? Now, we didn't get all the money we asked for. No one ever does, right? But it got to the point where we were getting enough money that I, I did the math and I was like, okay, 
it's sink or swim. We either jump with the money we have and expand on it and grow this into a fully functioning nonprofit, or we just let it wither and die and I just stay in my zone. But I had already seen where this could go. The vision was already there. My confidence was up. And I said, you know what? Sink or swim. And I texted, uh, I texted the founder, Ibu Patel, and said, hey, I have a question. I need to tell you something. And he said, in a meeting, email me. So I emailed him the news. And he called me within five minutes. And he was like, you should have just called me. <laughs> and I said, I know. I'm sorry. And he's like, this is wonderful. It stinks because that means you're going to leave us. But this is so exciting for you. And he was so, so positive. Other folks at IFIC were so positive. Obviously, I wasn't sleeping very well the first few nights because I was like, what have I done? I've just mm-hmm. left a stable job, stable benefits. I'm throwing myself at the mercy of my family and begging them to trust in me. And as of April 1st, it'll be a full year of doing this as a full-time founder, executive director, and it just keeps getting better. I've got a book coming out in the fall. We've got more dads than ever reaching out and connecting with us. And I don't know if it's just me and my confidence and the work that we're doing, or if it's this critical moment in time as we leave the pandemic and fathers have drastically re-envisioned what their role is in society and their families, but we're in a place to really meet that, that shift. And, and it's awesome. Is your book partially about this story or is it about something else? It's um, very much weaves in the founding of fathering together and my journey and, and the experiences my dad created for me growing up. So there's a memoir sort of piece to it, the, the founding of Father Together. But the larger arc of the book is really giving a set of skills, giving a set of experiences to fathers to re-envision themselves, not as these totalitarian authorities of the home that I have a, I'm a breadwinner and all I can do is provide financially, and to rethink that, reimagine fatherhood as servant leaders to our family. And how do we create experiences How do we create emotional investment to all those in our family and the surrounding communities we live in so that we are fully functioning humans that are living out our values rather than segmented and I go to work, I come home, and that's it. Right. Can you talk a little bit about some of the programs that you guys do? Because y'all are like international and you seem to offer a lot. So maybe just a brief synopsis. But it's, yeah, just how much it's grown from the dad group that I thought you were still in when I first reached back out to you. Yeah, yeah. So we founded the Facebook group in February of 2018. It was about 50 friends. We were all bloggers and dad writers, Twitter, Twitter people, what have you. <laughs> Uh, within a year, we hit 10,000 members, and we didn't put a lot of energy into it. You know, We weren't paying for promotions or anything like that. But Facebook saw what we were doing and said, hey, we really like the, the health of your group and what you're building. We'd like to spotlight you in a commercial. So by the end of 2019, we had 100,000 members. And in that rapid growth, we had a lot of culture building, tone setting, what we stood for, got a lot of volunteers stepping up to help us build that space. And then realize there's a nonprofit movement or not necessarily a nonprofit, but there's a larger movement that we can be addressing and pain that dads were experiencing from not having that emotional vocabulary, the ability to express themselves uh, in various aspects of their relationships. So we, we crafted this nonprofit called fathering together to say, we're here to turn you into an agent for change. 
so that you can do the work internally and express it externally with your family? How do you become this fully functioning human that understands the emotional weight that comes with helping your children grow, have relationships, um, instead of just popping in from like five to eight at night when you get home from work, maybe you do dinner, maybe help out with something, but really no, this is, this is an identity we all need to live 24 seven. And so, so we're still on Facebook. Our largest group now has 126,000 dads from all over the world. We've turned that though and into uh, a couple different things. We have our fatherhood insider, which is our newest community that is really focused on the advocacy piece. So what are we doing as men to take that active change? What are the skills we need to talk about gender equity, racial justice? How are we raising kids who are not kind of falling into the binary that we might've been raised within um, and helping dads be advocates for their children, both in kind of true forms of policy and, and talking with representatives and just stepping up at the school district and being on the school boards or leading little league teams and creating social change where we can. And then through this virtual connection that we've set up, how do we get dads to act locally? And so setting up chapters here where I'm from, Evanston, got dads in Louisville, Boulder, Colorado. We've got a new group starting in Tampa, but we're also working with dads in Malawi and Kenya. We're, we're starting a pilot project in Nigeria soon with one of our board members. And so while fatherhood might look very different on the ground in different countries, there's a lot of common experiences and a lot of common stories that we can lean on to grow. As I talked with my dads in Kenya when we got those off the ground last August, there's so much I can learn from them just as much as there's stuff that I can, that I can bestow on them. And so how do we work together to be more holistic and, and lean in to fatherhood rather than comparing and being all like, competitive I'm like oh I'm a better dad because my kid has that or why no why don't we just share our our best attributes together brilliant (laughs) I mean I I know that I do not have a child but these are all things that I would wonder like what am I supposed to do with this thing especially in relation to myself so I'm so glad that you have been able to develop this um group and that people found it that's the other big thing. Like people found you and they're engaging with it. So, I mean, on that note though, what, what are some lessons that you learned from the experience of switching roles and really changing up your life and seeing people engage with this thing that you've worked so hard on? Um, what have you learned from that and how do you apply that to your life going forward? Yeah. So there were plenty of groups that were doing fatherhood work on Facebook when we were and still are. And I think for us, we had a very huge growth, as I mentioned earlier. In in about eight months, we went from 10,000 dads to 100,000 dads. And we probably had 20,000 dads come and go pretty quickly because we, we didn't cater to their identity or their belief system, which is fine. We, we don't want to be a group for everyone, right? You can't be. But we were very clear to say this group stands for dads who care. And we are nonviolent. We are equitable. We, we lead with relationship. We want to understand before we plug you with questions and how to or, or even argue with you about your belief system. And so for dads that didn't want that, they went away. And 
because we were very clear and we got a group and a consensus amongst our group to build that that core belief system, it wasn't Brian's take on fatherhood group. It was all of ours collectively. And that's why we call ourselves Fathering Together because, as I mentioned, we all can lean into one another. And the other piece of it is we all have fatherhood stories, good or bad. As you mentioned, you don't have kids yet, but you had a dad, or you have a dad, I should say. <laughs> and the more I talk with people, the more they say, oh, you do this? Well, my dad did that too. Or I would love my dad to join, or I wish my dad had something like this, right? And so we all can orient around fatherhood. We all have that experience, either receiving it or bestowing it now. And so how do we, how do we tap into those stories and, and make better change out of it? But as I mentioned, it wasn't easy. We had plenty of fights. We had plenty of people saying, I don't believe this, you're an idiot, or far more colorful language uh, that I will not repeat on this show. And it, and it hurt. And then my skin, my skin got pretty thick. And I said, you know what? They can go do their own thing. They don't understand how much work goes into building community. All of the back end, all the unpaid labor that we were doing with our volunteers to craft this healthy space. And that's okay. Some of them did go off and try to make an, a go of it, and I don't see them active on Facebook anymore. They either blocked me or, or they went default, right? And so we're still here. We're still checking along. We're one of the largest dad groups in Facebook. Our new Fatherhood Insider is starting to grow pretty quickly with dads finding us and, and appreciating the space to just ideate on what fatherhood means, how I, be, how I can become an advocate, but also... My kid's going to be potty training soon. I would love a dad who's been through it to give me some pointers. My co-founder, Chris, his kids are in their teenage years. We often talk, and I'm taking notes of what to plan on addressing when my kids get posted to those. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's been a wild ride. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, is there anything else you want to add from, like, lessons learned or things that you wish people you know, would know, do you have any advice for that moment when you decide to leave the study job for the dream? <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing I did wrong was I wasn't, I didn't communicate as clearly with my partner. Um, I'll just own it. I fell flat on my face. Thankfully, I have a very forgiving partner. She is beyond amazing, has always been amazing. And I've married up in so many different <laughs> ways, both uh, in financial ways, but also just in personality. She's just far better than me. Uh, I will not say enough good things about her. And so I fell flat on my face. And part of that was because I was riding this enthusiasm of, oh, we've got funding, we can do this. And I opened Pandora's box before fully completing the puzzle and, mm -hmm. and the plan with my partner. So I had a lot of begging and forgiveness to find. So there's that piece, communicate, communicate, and not just with your partner. If you're not in a relationship, like communicate with your financial advisor, communicate with your trusted friends. Like sometimes we get so enthusiastic that we don't double check all the boxes, right? And, uh, or we don't fully think through the theory of change or the logic model or the business plan, you name it, right? And so there's always people that you should be checking in. And from a, from a kind of a minister standpoint, and I've talked with many students about this as well, like, is this truly my calling? Is this truly what God or the higher power is calling me to do, what the community needs? Or is this just my ego talking? Uh, I was just talking with, uh, coaching uh, another dad recently, 
And I, I use the quote from Breaking Bad. Uh, if, you ha- if you're not familiar with the show, you know, it's this this high school chemistry teacher decides to start making meth because he finds out he's going to die from cancer. And he justifies it in his mind is he's going to make a lot of money really quickly, and then it'll be a nest egg for his family. Hijinks ensues. You know, the show gets really bad. But at the very end of the show, he admits to his partner that he, had, he was like, you know what? I did it for me. I was always doing it for me. I just lied to myself and to you all. And, and I think there's a, there's a truth to that for all of us to swallow, even myself. I did it for me in that initial enthusiastic moment. And then I had to backpedal a little bit and make some new plans. Much better place on all fronts, much better vision for our future, both in my personal life and for fathering together. But that's the biggest stumbling lesson that I learned and I try to remind everyone is double check, triple check before you make that move. And, uh, but on the flip side, when you're ready to make that leap, don't hesitate. And, and if there are things that aren't crystallized perfectly, there are, that's okay too, right? Like triple check everything you have to do, but there are negotiables that can get figured out along the way. As long as you've got your core budget, your core support in line, there's some, some superfluous stuff that you can figure out as you build. And especially when it comes to my work with community building, there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to how is this person going to react or is this the best program? How do we, you know, not just throw spaghetti at the wall, but how do we iterate in a way that is productive and builds on the data we collect so that we're responding to our community with their needs in mind rather than just throwing out a new idea or thinking, oh, dads with three-year-olds would probably love this. <laughs> There's ways to make sure that they that you know they will love it rather than just trying it out. Yeah. Uh, we've had some good conversations about just how key preparation is. And you prepare for all the knowns that you can think of in order to be ready for the unknowns. <laughs> and sounds like... That's staying true <laughs> for the advice yeah. on um, venturing into a new space. Yeah, because, I mean, you get your core supporters and you stay connected with them, but you always have to find new ones. And every day I'm meeting people that discover who we are and are like, wow, that's really awesome. I never knew you existed or I'm so glad you now exist. I'm going to share this with my network, right? And, and in those new relationships, new ideas, new collaborations can come up. There's, a, there's another organization called Datitude. They're based out of Europe, and he and I met through a LinkedIn introduction. They are focusing more on mental health. They're doing phenomenal work in creating an app for Datitude to have a mental health space. I'm focusing more on the advocacy piece. There's a lot of complementary nature to our work that we want to keep working together and, and challenging each other to grow because I definitely see him do stuff that I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? And then I'll, I'll call him up and be like, that was brilliant. He's like, thanks, you did that. And that inspired me to do this. And, and you know, we feed on that kind of friendly competition. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, so what did we learn here today? We learned that collaboration and communication are key. And we heard yet another story about taking that brave leap into uh, your your dream. Open Pandora's box responsibly. <laughs> 
We yes. also learned uh, about Brian Anderson and the book that he is writing and the phenomenal organization that he has begun. So if you're a dad and you need some support, you can find Fathering Together on Facebook, right? And they've got a really good website that I have also been using. Anything you want to add? Uh, you know, just the Fatherhood Insider is our latest community. Uh, welcoming all. It's uh, Scholarships are available for those who are not able to pay it because we want to make sure that financial barriers are not a... We want to make sure financial issues are not a barrier to access. That's what I meant to say. And uh, again, uh, appreciate you having me on today and, and sharing a bit of my story. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll just wrap up by mentioning that uh, if you like this show, you may also enjoy a podcast called Dyslexics Untied, hosted by my boyfriend Jacob Schumann and Dr. Sean Apostle from Bellarmine University. Uh, and don't forget that if you're a hustler, business owner, generally a happening person, you can now get stickers made to rep your life, rep your organization at a local print shop called Squid Print. And if you mention HUSPA, you'll get 20% off. So it's very affordable, high quality, and it's local. It's a no-brainer. And don't forget that our theme music is from a group called Crow Wonder, and the song is called Humbug. I am Bridget Bard. Shalom. Mm-hmm.